Taking charge of your future starts with taking the first steps. And saving up to $30 a month on Cox Internet with the Affordable Connectivity Program makes those steps easy to take. Whether they bring you to click upload on your first short film or join now for an online book club. Applying is easy. See if you qualify at cox.com slash ACP. Non-transferable one per household application and eligibility decisions are made by the FCC. There's only one road into Key West, but you won't believe where it can take you. Travel back in time to a city rich with history. Discover amazing artists and musicians. Taste seafood fresh off the boat. Or just kick back and soak up the island vibe. For more about Key West, visit flakeys.com. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. You're about to experience the life-giving teaching of Bishop Kevin Foreman, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Center. To find out more about Dr. Foreman and Harvest Christian Center, visit our website at www.harvestcc.me. And no matter what, remember, love God, love people, and love life. Hallelujah. We're in a series of teachings, and I want to get right into it. I am uh, literally so excited about this. I want you to lift your Bibles high. We're going to go right into it. Let's make our confession of faith together. Let's say it. This is my Bible. It is the living Word of God. It gives me abundant life. I am not just a hearer of the Word. I'm a doer of the Word. This Word teaches me that I am more than a conqueror. My spirit and my mind are prepared to receive Hallelujah. Remain standing. Go to John chapter 5. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. John chapter 5. We're in a series of teachings called Epic. Say Epic. Epic. Now, you can either be average or you can be epic. The choice is yours. If you want to be average, I suggest you find you in the church. But around here, we, we upgrading to Epic. Somebody say Epic. Now, I need somebody to shout about it before I even read the text. If you... Y'all played with it. I said, I need somebody to shout about it. John chapter 5, verse number 1, this says this, After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem, or Yerushalam, the city of peace. Verse 2, Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. Five is the number of grace. It is the number of favor. It is when God adds his super to your natural. It is when the supernatural uh, trumps that which is natural. It is when your natural mess is invaded by God's supernatural progress. Touch your neighbor and say, this is for you today. Verse 3, and these lay a great multitude of average, sick, blind, lame, paralyzed folk that were waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first, somebody say, I'm going to be first today. Uh-huh, sure am. Listen, if I got to push you out the way, if I got to trip you, if I got to knock you, I'm going to be first today. Watch, it says uh, there, verse 4, for an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Verse 5, now a certain man, it doesn't tell us his name, it just says he was a certain man. Perhaps that could be you. Since the scripture didn't indicate his name, it means this parable, or excuse me, this story rather is not limited to this specific man. It is available to any man or woman that makes it their own. So, So when it says a certain man, that could be your name. That, that could be Susie. That could be Bobby. That could be your name. Say your name. Uh-huh. Now, when you were there and you had an infirmity for 38 years, Jesus saw you lying there and knew you had already been in that condition for a long time. So Jesus sent Bishop Foreman to ask you a question. Do you want to be made well? Watch the answer. The sick man, the certain man said, sir, I have nobody to put me in the pool when the water stirred up. But while I'm coming, somebody else keeps seeming to get in front of me. Everybody else is making progress but me. But watch this. Jesus said to him, rise. Take up your bed and walk. I'll close the book and sit down right here. Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed and walk. In other words, he said, you've been like this for 38 years. You've been like this for 42 years. You've been like this for 45 years. You've been like this since you came out your mama's womb. But today, 
God, if I could get some faith at this 915. I said, today is the day where Jesus stops by and says, rise up. Somebody shout, rise up. He said, rise, take up your bed and walk. Watch verse 9. And tomorrow, in November, in October, in December, no, that ain't what it said. When did it happen? Immediately. I, I, I just need some faith to rise up in this place because when did it happen? Immediately. And immediately the man, that third man who doesn't have a name, which means it could be you if you'll make it yours today. And immediately the man was made what? Well, look what he did. He took up his bed and he did what? He walked. Touch your neighbor and say, get to stepping. It's some stuff you need to make a decision. You walking up out of today. You walking up out of that depression today. You walking up out of that discouragement today. You walking up out of being broke. How long are you going to live paycheck to paycheck? Somebody in here needs to just take a step prophetically. It's some stuff you need to get to stepping right up out of. And it ain't going to happen tomorrow. It ain't going to happen the day after. It's going to happen right now. Father, I decrease. But you might increase. Move, stir the water, stir the water. God, somebody gonna get it today. Maybe they watch it online or they're on a Roku site. Stir the water today, Father. There's some folk they've been waiting on this day. Stir the water, Jesus. Stir, stir it up, stir it up, stir it up, stir that water today that we might rise up in what you have ordained. In Jesus' name we pray. Somebody shout hallelujah. As you take your seats, have five, two or three people and tell them rise up, rise up, rise up, rise up. You can be seated. I want to move expeditiously through this today. Uh, the word epic means heroic, grand in scale and character, impressive and remarkable. Watch this. Say, I was created to be epic. Y'all going to have to talk better than that. Say, I was created to be epic. Watch this. Uh, the word epic comes from the Greek epikos, which is from the root word in etymology, epos, which means a song and a word. Say, I am a song and I am a word. Please understand, this is why the Apostle Paul recorded in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 that we are living epistles or we are living word. Please understand, if you want to see whether or not God is real, all you got to do is look at your neighbor. Your neighbor is a walking, talking epistle or a letter or a word, and they are proof that there is a God. After all the hell that they've had to go through and after all of the betrayal and all of the backstabbing and all of the fun, I think it's a few people that say, listen, if it was no Bible for me to read, all I'd have to do is read my life. Oh God, because if I look back over my life, my life is a word, man. I know that he's a healer because he healed me. I know that he's a way maker because he made one for me. Touch your neighbor, say, I am a word. Uh -huh. But then it means song, epic. You are a song and you are a word. Uh, that is why the scripture often says, sing unto the Lord a new song. It says this almost a dozen times, uh, this specific phraseology, a new song, say new song. In other words, God says, listen, yesterday was good enough for yesterday, but what I'm trying to do in this new time in your life is to raise you up to a new song. I'm sick of your same old song. I'm sick of you singing the same old woe as me. I'm sick of you talking about, well, maybe next year. I'm sick of that. God says, I'm sick and tired of your mess myself. It's something when you get sick and tired of it. It's a whole nother thing when God looks at it and says, I'm sick of that for you. You might be all right with it for yourself, but I'm sick of it for you. I, I wish you'd, you'd give God some praise right at him that you serve a God that says, even when you ain't sick of your mess, God will look at your mess and say, I'm sick of your mess for you. You ought to be mad about it, but since you're not, I'll get angry about it. Touch your neighbor and say, he's mad about it. He, he's mad about you singing the same old song uh, in country music often. And I'm not against country music. I like uh, all sorts of genres of music. But in country music, often uh, the same old song is replayed. They got a broken heart. They got an achy, breaky heart. They boot and scooting and boogieing and all is here and ain't nobody ever treated them right. Okay, y'all ain't gonna say that. Let me come to your street. Uh, and R&B music, it's the same old song. You loved them, they cheated on you, now you're trying to get over it. Well, when in the hell are you gonna move on from getting stuck behind people and stuck behind how people do you wrong? Baby, you got to learn if they can't do... God 
says, I'm sick of the same old song. Let me come down your street and hip-hop music. It's the same old song. I got some bling-bling and I got this, but your heart is jacked up. Your soul is jacked up. You're driving a nice car, living in an apartment. What in the world is going on? Don't own nothing. Don't run nothing. Ain't making nothing happen. God says, I'm sick of that old song. I want a new one. Somebody shout new song. So watch this. In order to live a life that tells a story that's epic, we must live our lives intentionally instead of just experimentally. And this often begins with applying small things that can make a big difference. Say small things, big difference. Uh, this message title was inspired by the 2014 theme for the Atlanta Falcons football team. Their theme is Rise Up. Say Rise Up. Rise up. Say it again. Say Rise Up. Uh, before we, though, look at this man's rise up, I want to evaluate his fall. John 5, verse 1, we're going to exegete the text uh, somewhat today. It says, after this, there was a feast of the Jews. Say a feast. And Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem, or the city of peace, the city of Shalom. Literally, it is Jerusalem. It means the city where there is nothing missing. The city where there is nothing lacking, the city where there is nothing broken, and the city where all is well. Touch your neighbor and say, that's my city. Which means even if your city ain't that city, when you showed up, that should be the city. See, when you showed up on the scene, Shalom should have showed up. Now watch this, verse 2. Now there is in Jerusalem by the Sheep Gate a pool which is called in Hebrew Bethesda having five porches. Watch this. In this text, we are introduced to a man who becomes the beneficiary, watch it, of a Kairos moment. Mm -hmm. uh, Kairos moment uh, uh, is a time during a feast. The, the, the first of, matter of fact, uh, let me just slow it down because I want to make sure you get it. Say Kairos moment. Now, in ancient Greek, there were, two, uh, there were two distinct words that were used, primary words for time. Now, the first was chronos, where we get our word chronological. It is sequential time. One, two, three, four, five. It is the natural progression of time. It is the quantity of time. That is the time you and I are most familiar with. But the Greeks had another word that they used, and it is interesting. Can I teach you for just a moment? It is interesting because the book of John is written by the Apostle John, the beloved Apostle of John, uh, uh, Apostle of Jesus Christ, that watch this. When Jesus was hanging on the cross, he told John, to behold his mother. And he said, John, I trust you. Uh, the other ones are around me, but I don't love them. I, I, they're not me. They're not, I'm not in them. They're not uh, in me. They say they love me. And, and Peter says he loves me. And Thomas says he loves me. He said, but John, you actually really love me. So when I'm getting ready to depart, you're the one I trust to take care of my mother because I can't trust the rest of these fools to take care of her. But I know, John, you can take care of her. So watch this now. For years, John now goes and he is taking care of the mother of Jesus the Christ, the anthropologist post to God man so much man you can't believe he's God so much God you can't believe he's man so when John sits down to write his gospel his gospel is not in a chronological presentation as the other gospel writers know John's gospel is from a recollection of the time when he walked with the master whom he so beloved so now watch this that means John had access to a litany of vocabulary and a litany of different words that the other gospel writers didn't have Bishop why is this because in the time where John was now taking care of the mother of Jesus there were some philosophers that rose up men like Plato uh-huh. What's this? What are you trying to say? Well, they begin to add words to the Greek language that helped to quantify what they were not sufficient at quantifying years prior. So watch this now. It is the equivalent of the dictionary being written over this period of time. So now then when John looks back, he's got access to words that didn't exist while Jesus was walking. Y'all need to come on here. So when he uses the word, uh, uh, when we look at the word kairos in Greek, kairos was a word that was created by the Greek philosophers. It was now not in existence during the time Jesus walked on the earth. It came into existence after Jesus walked. So Bishop... Why is this story so significant? It is significant because when this Kairos moment, say Kairos, when this Kairos moment is being described, uh, there was no word to describe it up until after the time that Jesus left the earth. You're not hearing me. Which means God said, I want to do something so new that when it happened, there was no word to describe it. Yeah, okay, y'all will catch up in just a moment. Uh, say Kairos. Say it, say it. Kairos is an appointed time in the purpose of God. So while Kronos is quantity, Kairos is quality. Say quality. quality. 
please understand, a quantity of time. You may spend four hours with somebody that's really worthless, but you might have two minutes with somebody that can make something happen, and it has a great quantity. Y'all ain't hearing what I'm saying. You could have spent years uh, in a situation uh, that didn't really produce anything except a quantity of time, but you can step into a new situation, and all of a sudden, there is a kairos. There is a quality of time that cannot be anticipated, cannot be duplicated. Uh, are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, so watch this. Watch this. I need you to see this. Watch this. So in ancient Greek, they use these two different words. Kairos is when heaven's super invades earth's natural. It is when heaven's super invades earth's natural. So when these two collide, you have the supernatural. Come on. It is when heaven's super invades earth's natural. So when this collision occurs, much like on the football field, you have something called the supernatural, which means it wasn't, watch this, his chronos time. It was his kairos time. You're not understanding. Which means there wasn't a healing that was chronologically scheduled. Okay, can I take another further? Yeah. Remember the text says, thank you four of you, watch this. The, the, the text says that there was a feast of the Jews, a certain feast of the Jews. Now, it does not indicate which feast there was. In fact, there has been much debate and speculation among theologians about which Hebrew feast this was, since the text is very ambiguous. But here's the reality. We don't need to know the specific Hebrew feast to understand that all Hebrew feasts mean an appointed time. That's what they called it before the word kairos existed. That's okay. That's all right. I, I, can, drive, I can drive all si sizes of the bus. Say feast. Now, the Hebrews celebrated the feast times. Watch this. Wednesday, which marks this coming Wednesday, which is if you miss church this coming Wednesday, you know, good luck to you. It is the beginning of the fall feast. In fact, it is Rosh Hashanah, which is, watch this, it is the announcement of a new spiritual year. In our Gregorian calendar, the year ends December 31. But that's only to us here living today. God says, I set up a calendar at the beginning, and that's the same calendar I'm still using. So while you call it September the 24th, I call it uh, the equivalent of January the 1st. It is the beginning of a new spiritual year. So now watch this, say Hebrew feast. Now, it doesn't say which feast it is, but we know that all of the Hebrew feasts literally meant an appointed time with God. Say appointed time. Appointed. Say it like you mean it, say an appointed time. Appointed. It literally means it's a holy convocation. A holy convocation is a meeting with God and man. It is where God says, I set up an appointment for you today, and if you'll show up for the appointment, everything that you need for what's getting ready to come, I'm going to provide it in the appointment. So watch this. The apostle John in the Greek as he's writing us to the, in the New Testament, he writes it in the Greek and calls it Kairos. But because it was a feast time for the Hebrews, it was just an appointed time. Some of y'all don't understand. Uh, so, so let me make it real clear for you because maybe, maybe, maybe I'm saying too much. Maybe I just gave you too much. We are getting ready to step into the first of the fall feasts. Where the year resets spiritually. That's why the hell you've been facing these last few weeks has been quite unique because you just thought it was September. It's only September to you. According to God, it is the end of a thing and a new thing is getting ready to manifest. I wish you high five somebody and tell them this is my Kairos moment. High five somebody else. That neighbor didn't get it. Say this is my Kairos moment. So watch this, be seated. It doesn't matter which feast it was. Since it was a feast, it was a Kairos moment. It was an appointed time. Now watch this, watch this, watch this. He's at the pool of Bethesda. Say Bethesda. Bethesda. Bethesda means house of mercy and place of grace. Now the origin of Bethesda, watch this, means simultaneously both grace and disgrace. One word simultaneously means grace and disgrace. Okay, let me talk to your neighbor. Please understand. This man's situation, and remember this man could be any man because they didn't give him a name, which means this experience he had isn't limited to him. 
This man's situation was really a disgrace. Uh, disgrace means shameful, unacceptable. Uh, it, it, it means, watch this, a result of dishonor. He's at the pool of grace and disgrace. It's grace because the place means where God's going to give him grace and mercy. But it's a disgrace that he's in the mess in the first place. Because he got there because he was dishonorable. Somebody going to get something in here today. Okay, let me talk to your neighbor. Because I know you got all your stuff together, but your neighbor, let's work on them today. It's a mess that after all them years, they've been working what they have to show for it. It's grace, but it's also a disgrace. It's a disgrace the way their children act. But God's getting ready to change it. That's the grace. But the disgrace is how in the world did they start acting like that in the Y'all ain't hearing what I'm saying. Would you be honest about some situations in your life and quit looking at me like you don't know what I'm talking about? It's some stuff in your life. It's a disgrace. It's a disgrace the way you left that situation. Beat your self-esteem down. It's a disgrace the way you've been living. It's a disgrace the way you've been acting. But baby, while it's a disgrace, I'm also in my place of it don't make no sense while I'm in the mess. But all I know is today, somebody shout today. But today I'm coming up out of the mess. It don't, it don't make no sense while I'm in it, but it's changing today. Now watch this. Be seated. The stuck up people couldn't say nothing right there. They want you to think that they don't have no stuff that it's a disgrace in their life. They, they want you to actually believe the act. They've been acting for so long, they believe it now. They want to act like they ain't got some stuff. But please understand, you at Harvest, you ain't got to pretend here. You ain't got to fake here. Because let's just tell the truth. And, and if I don't get uh, unanimous agreement right here, I'm going to sit down. And 11.15 get it. But let's be honest. We all got some stuff in our lives that truth be told is a disgrace. Now, I need you to praise him, not for his grace, but praise him that he loved you enough to allow you to get to the place of disgrace so you can get grace. And if I don't get unanimous consent, I'm going to have my seat because I can preach to Dallas somewhere else. They'll, they'll shout there. Touch your neighbor and say, you got some stuff that's a disgrace. It's a shame. Don't make no sense. But it's your Kairos moment. Let me come over here and talk to some kind of you. You got some stuff that's a disgrace. Don't make no sense. You've been saved too long, but you're in your Kairos moment. Be seated. <laughs> He's at a pool called grace and disgrace. And we all got some stuff from the pulpit to the pew. We all got some stuff. The truth be told, just a disgrace. It's shameful. Don't make no sense. That's a result of dishonor. That's what the word disgrace means. It's a result of dishonor. Watch this. Watch this. But at that same place where it was a disgrace, that was the same place he dispensed his grace. Now, grace is when God gives you what you did not earn and you do not deserve. When you pay a bill, they'll give you something sometimes called a grace period, which means we told you it was due on the first and we didn't change our mind. But we're going to give you to the third to pay it before we go call somebody on you. Yeah, somebody, don't you look at me like you don't know who they call. Now, now watch this. Watch this. Say grace. grace. He's in this place called Bethesda where he's in a place of grace, but it's also a disgrace. Now, I need to take you another further because verse 3 says, and these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, and they're waiting for something to happen. If you grew up in church, you maybe heard this phraseology, just wait on the Lord which was people's justification to justify why their lives were whack. Whack is an urban colloquialism, which means lacking epicness. I made it up. 
they justified why they didn't have rather than finding a way to go get. Now, listen, we've all done that. Touch your neighbor and say, you too. We've all done that. <laughs> well, what's this? But look, it was a great multitude, which means all this man saw was sick, blind, lame, paralyzed. Sick people mean infected people. You got to be careful around infected people because the goal of the infection is to reproduce. The goal of sickness, the only way sickness remains, the only way an infection remains is that it must continue to recreate itself and reproduce itself. We have a lot of people in Harvest in the medical profession, they'll tell you that one of the things, especially now even with the Ebola uh, outbreak that's happening in West Africa and, and, and all, or uh, yes, West Africa and all that, uh, we, we pray for that. But here's what I need you to understand. Uh, the only way that Ebola lived, where did it go for all those years? Somebody was carrying and then all of a sudden, Somebody got around who was carrying and it spread. You got to be careful the people you keep around you because the infection that's in them really wants you because that's the only way it can continue to live. That's why when you see bitter folk, if somebody in church sitting next to you and ain't saying nothing, you might want to get up, go to the restroom and switch your seat. Bishop, why? Because they might be infected with something called average. They might be infected with something called they don't want to change. And so you got to be careful. Because the infection wants to spread to you. I don't care if it's your mama. I don't care if it's your cousin, them. I don't care who it is. Baby, if they're infected, they're infected. But then it says, but then it says, watch this, blind people. People can't see. And what I discovered is that most blind people like to give directions. Have you ever noticed who has all the advice for you? People who can't see themselves. And they always calling you, talking about the Lord, tell them. You know what you need to tell them? When are going to tell you something about you? Because for all the words you're getting from God, your life is a mess. It's a wreck. It's toe up. When are going to say something to you about you? So, so infected people, people that can't see, lame, lame means lame, non-epic. No, literally, definition of the word lame, it means, watch this, hear this, forward movement is difficult. So he's around people that are infected with bitterness, anger. Got it? Then he's around people who can't see. Then he's around people who can't move forward. They talk about how they're going to move forward. But their life doesn't reflect any forward progress. They've been talking that same talk for the past 15 years. And the only thing that's changed is the date. All right. I'm going to change. <laughs> if you were going to, you would have. I just messed somebody's game up right there. Somebody's game just, I threw salt all up in it. Just salty. What's this? What's this? What's this? He's around infected people, people that can't see, people that can't move forward. Then he's around paralyzed. Paralyzed means powerless and ineffective people. Now, he's at a place of grace and mercy, but he still isn't better. But verse 3 tells us why. There's a multitude of people that are messed up. So it's difficult to become what you can't behold. You think lame, blind, paralyzed, sick is right. If that's all you see, it's quiet up in here. That, that's why, okay, I'm going to go and see, see, if y'all would say amen, I'd move on. Since y'all don't say amen, then I got to stay right here. That's why in culture, a man brags about taking care of his kids. You're supposed to say, you won't give no credit for that. If you played, you got to pay. But because all the men he saw were sick, lame, paralyzed, they think that's an accomplishment. Now the lady's shouting, I'm coming down your row. All you baby more mamas, mama gotta have a life too. And they got a new uncle every 10 days. And this just my friend. You think that's normal because you watch your mama sneaking. I'm so offended. Lead in. Ain't nobody studying that. 
you should try that somewhere else because that don't work around here. It tells us why this man was still like this. And it tells us why, if we're honest with ourselves, there's some stuff we're still like. Please understand, but there's a multitude of people that's messed up, so he can't become what he can't behold. When he looks around, all he sees is sick, lame, paralyzed people. So the concept of him becoming something greater than what he can behold is foreign to him because that's all he sees. So because he can't behold, he can't become. Unless there's a feast. Unless there's a kairos moment. And some of you, I'm here to preach to somebody, you've been dealing with the same thing year after year after year because you're trying to behold and become what you have not yet beheld. But today, I've been sent with a word fresh from God that even though you haven't beheld it, God says, I'm, I'm giving a kairos moment to your life because... Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. In 1983, there was a movie with Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd called uh, Trading Places. And in the movie, uh, the, the brothers, the Duke brothers, they, uh, they, were, they were going back and forth about whether or not the reason one of their associates in the firm whether or not he was successful was because of his nature as a human being or was it because of the way he was nurtured? Was it because of the environment the man was raised in or was it because the man was going to create the environment irregardless of the environment he was raised in? Uh, nature uh, versus nurture. Now, please understand, it is the same situation going on for this man because the Bible doesn't tell us how old he is. It just tells us he's been there for 38 years. So, uh, theoretically, we could argue that the man had been there uh, since birth. But the Bible doesn't say that. So we can't say what it doesn't say just, just, just to fit our own narrative. So we could also then argue that perhaps the man was there since he was a little boy, which would place him somewhere in his 40s. The reality is, is we really don't know. So we don't know whether or not this man was nurtured to be blind, lame, and sick. Watch this. And enabled <laughs> to be non-epic or if that was his nature we don't know if he was born a lion but his mama petted him too hard so he became a kitty cat oh you better say amen to that or was he just always a kitty cat we don't know what we do know is regardless whether he was nurtured or whether or not he was, uh, it was his nature. In the movie, Eddie Murphy, uh, they swap places with him and Dan Aykroyd. So they give Eddie Murphy all these great accoutrements of being successful. And they give Dan Aykroyd the life that Eddie Murphy uh, had. And so as they swap, they go through this whole thing. Coincidentally, those Duke brothers appear in one of Eddie Murphy's future movies called Coming to America. And they're sitting on the side of the street. And Akeem gives them a little something. Just so you get your stories straight. Okay. Now, I like movies. Here's what I need you to know. Even if this man wasn't nurtured to remain a statistic, after 38 years, it was certainly now his nature. Whatever you remain in for a prolonged period of time becomes your nature. I think this is just maybe for about 15 or 20 of us in here. But, but have you ever looked back over your life and remembered when you were the lion? And then all of a sudden you look and said, what wore me down? Anybody in here ever, ever, ever done that? It's okay, you can be honest, we've all died. Last year, the Lord sent, the Lord sent, last year around this time, the Lord sent some, uh, 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 through, through a different connection, the Lord sent an individual to, to speak some things to me uh, that, that were very, 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 very powerful. And uh, it was very powerful. I told the story before. I won't go into it for the sake of time. Uh, but it's very powerful things. And, and I remember getting off the phone uh, with that individual, and I said, wow. I said, you've fallen asleep. You let this region wear you down. This is what I said to myself. You let this region and the people of this region wear you down. I had to send somebody. To come and remind you of who you were. See, that's why some of you, 
you sitting there and you rocking and you just barely can stay in your seat because the reality is, is as this word is being preached, you're being reminded of. Verse 4, for an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first, say first, after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now, watch this. This is perhaps this man's only act of faith. Uh, although for 38 years he never made it first, he kept showing up believing somehow that it was going to happen for him this year. That takes a tremendous amount of faith, but if we're very honest with it, it's also fear at the same time because he was in a place of healing, but the truth is he was scared to be healed because his infirmity was all he knew. Bishop, what do you mean he was scared to be healed? He put a bed there. If he was only planning on being there temporarily, he would have said, no, I'm over here. I'm going to stand up over here. I'm going to sit Indian style over here. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I ain't bringing no bed so I can get comfortable in my mess. So while it's an act of faith, it really also appears to be an act of fear because while he shows up year after year after year, he, he also gets comfortable realizing that it's not happened yet. Isn't it a trip to be in two different realms at the same time? Have you ever watched yourself go from faith to fear in the same conversation? Come on, let's be honest. Yeah, I've done it. Have you ever sat there and went from power? I mean, you said, Lord, it's going to do this and this and this and this and this and this. And then all of a sudden, you get a phone call, you get a text, you get a tweet, you get a Facebook, you get this, you get that. And all of a sudden, all that faith you had is now turned into fear. This man, while he was seemingly operating in faith one moment, was also operating in fear the next moment. He toggled back and forth. Watch it. Watch it. Verse 5. Now, a certain man who was there had an infirmity, 38 years. Now, I need you to stay with me, Harvest, because this is powerful. This is perhaps the most powerful part of the text. Say 38 years. 38 years. Now, watch this. The word infirmity in the Greek is asthenia, mm -hmm, which means weakness, frailty, or the desire to be strong. Weak, frail, and the want of strength. Now, watch this. Comprehensively, this word refers to an ailment, watch this, that deprives someone of enjoying or accomplishing what they would like to do. Yeah. When it says infirmity, it's not talking about <laughs> he had a cough. He has an ailment that deprives him of enjoying or accomplishing what he'd like to. So this word infirmity specifically means this. It is not the weakness itself. It is the handicaps that his mind develops about his weakness. His sickness wasn't his problem. His problem was that he was de deprived from the accomplishments he wanted to have because of what he thought about his sickness. You keep thinking you need more money and that's your problem. No, your problem is your asthenia. It's what you think about not having the money that you wish you had. Okay, all right. I can see we're going to have to deal with this just a little bit. When the Bible says a man had an infirmity 38 years, it did not mean he was sick for 38 years. It meant his mind told him you had to stay here and be bound for 38 years. Truth be told, he was probably only sick for a small amount of time. But he had gotten conditioned to his nurturing and he got conditioned to his nature. And so now that he's been conditioned, watch this, although he was free, he still lived bound. Okay, okay, let, let, let me see. I'm going to approach this another way. Uh, uh, his, 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 his issue wasn't his problem. His issue was that he let his problem dictate his life. So, so you, you want to do A. You say you desire to do A. But you keep on going back to B. Because you've convinced yourself that B is all I'm worth. And B is all I can have. And I might as well just be thankful and satisfied with B, even though I really want to be on the 18. <laughs> I want to be a starter, but I'll just settle for shooting up. <sighs> uh, let me approach it from another direction because I don't think we quite grasp it. 
his issue wasn't, you ever met somebody, you, you ever met somebody that perhaps had an, an ailment, a sickness, a, a disability, some kind of incapacitation, but they were very self-reliant, and you try to offer some help. I remember I was walking the other day, and a lady, I mean, she, she's the lady, bless her heart, she was at least in her, she was about 90 or 95. I mean, you know, she, she, was, she was there. She, 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 was, she, was, she was there. And, and, and she had her hands full and all this. I said, uh, excuse me, darling, l- l- you need some help with that? Oh, no, I'm fine. <laughs> I said, it looks like you are getting ready to just utterly fall with all of what you, just let me help you. She didn't want to be helped because she had conditioned herself to, to saying, I got this. You, you, you know, you know, you understand what I'm saying? Versus somebody who has a cough one day and calls into work. <laughs> I'm not feeling so well today. But this 90-year-old woman, because the woman conditioned herself to saying, I'm fine. And my strength is being renewed. But the person with a cough saw it as an opportunity for an excuse. Watch it. There it is right there. So now the sickness became a justification for why he wasn't what he should have been because he constantly had an excuse. Nobody's there to put me in the pool. It ain't my fault I'm this way. It's somebody else's fault. So I have trust issues because of this and this and this and that. Why don't you just be honest? No, you got trust issues because you don't trust them. Okay, this is too heavy for 915. Let me. If you'll just keep God first and just think good thoughts, I'm here to tell you God's going to just do great things in your life. Get ready for it. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. You receive that. We're making fun of nobody. I'm just saying, you've been trying that high carbohydrate gospel for a long time. Time for some meat. Touch your neighbor and say, let's eat some meat. You know what meat is? Meat is when it turns it on you and says, you could blame the devil, but how about you realize that was you? You could blame your mom and them, your daddy and them. Yes, you didn't do a good job. Yeah, you didn't do a good job. But guess what? At some point, you're going to have to take responsibility for your own life. It ain't your ex's fault no more. That was 15 years ago. Baby, if you still in that, that's you. Verse 6, when Jesus saw him lying there and knew he had already been in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? God knowing something doesn't require God doing anything. Here's maybe what you were taught if you came up in church. Whenever the Lord gets ready, he'll do it. Won't he do it? Now he will. But we became conditioned. you, You know where that concept came from? That concept came from the African slavery. In African slavery, Jesus was, they, they needed God to be a deliverer from bondage. So everything with God was is any day now, soon, one day, in the sweet by and by. And they started adding stuff to it when they didn't see their circumstances changing. So they said, we're going we're gonna to be free soon. Well, then another year would come and they weren't free. So then they said, well, let's just not worry about having a good life here. Let's just die to get over there. So for years in the body of Christ, it is not an ethnic thing. It's not a racial thing. It's just a culture thing. So for years in the body of Christ, it's been God's going to. He's getting ready to. One day when he gets ready, when the Lord, whenever the Lord says peace. God's getting ready to move. So we were always like playing double dutch. You was on anticipation to jump in. But the problem is, is they just threw them up and down. They didn't really create no circle for you to get in. But but so what are you trying to say? Because you've been sitting up saying this is going to change as soon as the Lord is ready for it to change. I, I I need to teach you something. You must participate in your rise up. Your tears don't move heaven. Your complaining doesn't move heaven. The presence of your problem doesn't move heaven. Your decision to rise up does. 
Why, Bishop? Because your decision is a seed, and seed moves heaven. Genesis 8 22. So long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest, which means, watch this, all God needs you to do today is decide. Okay, somebody gonna get it. You, you, you sit up and say, well, how am I going to do it? We ain't dealing with the how today. We're just dealing with the what. All God says is, I need you to decide. I, I, I wish you look at your neighbor. If you've decided in yourself, you're going to rise up from whatever it is you need to rise up out of. I wish you look at your neighbor and say, I just decided. Uh-huh. I just decided I ain't crying about that no more. I just decided I'm not going to be stuck in that not another day of my life. I just decided that lack is not my lifestyle. I just decided. Somebody shout, I just decided. Verse 7, I'm almost through. Verse 7, the sick man answered him and said, Sir, I have no man to put me in the pool when the water stirred up. While I'm coming, another man steps down before me. Jesus asked this man a yes or no question, and he responds with an excuse. Now, all of us have done that. And, and as you continue to grow in, in your epicness, uh, you, you'll start to get tired of excuses. You'll get sick of the ones you make. <laughs> An excuse, watch this, is any reason given for why something that was purported to be important isn't treated that way. <laughs> I'll say that again. An excuse is any reason given for why something that has been purported to be important isn't treated that way. So this man has an excuse for why he isn't what he should be. He knew he should have been it. Everybody knew he should have been it. But he has an excuse. Excuses are like roaches. If there's one, it's evidence there's plenty more. Now, some of y'all don't know nothing about no roaches. But some of y'all know a little something about some roaches. To where... You flipped the light on. You saw the Red Sea part. <laughs> you were pouring yourself a bowl of cereal. And the devil showed up. And now you got to throw the whole box out. In fact, you go on a fast for the next two weeks. You don't even want to eat. <laughs> Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Because um, I need us to own this today. We all have to own this. It's not your responsibility for X, right? It's, it's somebody else's. It wasn't his responsibility for why he wasn't healed. Jesus says, do you want this to change? That's what he asked him. You know what the man says? It's somebody else's fault. Now, I figured in 38 years, any competitive people? I'm real competitive. I'm real competitive. I like to win. I was racing somebody the other day, and, and when I was racing them, uh, I was a little concerned that, that they may have had, they were taller, so a little bit taller. So I was a little concerned they may have had a little length on me. So I, so I was like, okay, you ready? Get started. And so I was concerned. So I pushed them when we started. I was like, <laughs> I'm going to win. So just <laughs> and I won. Didn't I win? Yes, I did. See, by any means necessary, you got to, I'm a win, man. <laughs> I'm real good, but I like to win. If, if, it's, if it's something simple, I like to win. I'm built to win. I, winning is what I do. It ain't everything. It's just what I like to do. Anybody else like that? It's just me. It's what I like to do. I know a lot of men, we're like that. We like to win. That's why men will get upset over a game. Won't talk to you for three weeks because you can beat them on a the game. <laughs> okay. Now, now, watch this. At some point, you figure this man would say, since everybody keeps getting in front of me, let me move my bed next to the pool. And if she come running, I understand she need healing, but I've been here longer. It'd be such a shame if she tripped and fell. But accidents happen all the time. I, uh, <laughs> she's in a place of healing. The Lord will heal her. <laughs> Maybe she'll fall in as I'm going in and the Lord can help her. But I'm not going to sit here for 38 years talking about this is why I'm not. So, 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 so I need us to settle this today. I need us to settle this because I'm really out of time, but I need us to settle this. I need us to settle this. God says, today, Harvest, I want your decision. 
God says, I don't need you to worry about how today. Today, I just want your decision that whatever situations you need to rise up out of, whatever limitations you've put on your life because of your circumstances, the infirmity wasn't the sickness. It was how he thought about it. So the issue isn't your issue. The issue is what you let your issues tell you about your life. So you judge your worth predicated upon what you have, not realizing that what you have gives you your worth. Or excuse me, who you are gives you your worth. All right, watch this. Say, I decide. Now watch this. Verse 8. Here it is. Uh, there's only two more verses we're looking at. 8 and 14. I'm through. Jesus said to him, y'all say it with me. Rise. Here it is. Y'all ready to go home? I tricked you. See, some of y'all are on autopilot. <laughs> I can say, I can say anything. Like, who had a burrito this morning? Preach, Bishop, say it. <laughs> who likes smothered green chili? Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> who didn't put no deodorant on? That's right, that's right, say it. <laughs> that was a trick statement. <laughs> say small thing. Big difference. Watch this. Jesus says, rise. And we summarize, we summarize it. Rise, take up your bed and walk. We said, rise up. Small thing, big difference. There were, these were just words to the other bystanders because they weren't expecting to get healed no how. But to this man, it was his Kairos moment. It was a feast. Like what we're getting ready to enter into in just a few days. And I've taught on the feasts a lot. I'm not reteaching on them. So if the teachings are available in the bookstore and cafe, I don't have time to go back into those before this year. But the head of the year begins Wednesday spiritually, not December the 31st in our Gregorian calendar. Now, he needs you to hear this. Say, rise up. Rise up. These, these Greek words that are used are powerful. The word rise is the word igero. It literally means to wake from sleep. Jesus says to the man, you've been asleep for 38 years. I put greatness in you. I put great expectation in you. I put great gifts and talents in you. And you've been sleeping on what I put in you for 38 years. Wake up. But then it means, watch this, watch this, watch this. It means wake up from obscurity. Wake up, watch this, from inactivity. The Greek cleans it up real nice. Inactivity means lazy. Okay. Jesus said, listen, man, truth be told, reason you like this is because you're lazy. You want great, but you won't pay for it. You want a Bentley at a Toyota price. And nothing against, don't start that with me. I'm not making no kind of thing. I'm just saying one costs more than the other. Okay, let me, get, let me come down your street. You want five, five guys from the dollar menu. Don't work that way. Don't work that way. Don't work that way. Jesus said, come out of your laziness. But listen to this word. I love it. When he says rise, Igero, it means come out of your ruins. Jesus was saying to the man, you ruined some stuff. This is tell the truth. Stop sitting here, the devil. Just, just you did it. You ruined it. Now, come up out of it. The, the sooner you just own it, the sooner you can come up out of it. While it's always somebody else's fault, Jesus said, come out of your ruins. Doesn't even say, come out of your ruins. Let's be honest. We've all done something to perhaps ruin something. And all Jesus was saying to the man, listen, man, just come up out of that. Now, now look, somebody say, I'm coming out of it. But look at this. The word, he says, rise, take up. That phrase, take up there, is the Greek word arrow. Watch this. It doesn't literally mean pick up your bed. You know what it means? It means remove your bed. 
So in the English it says, take up. So you think the man picked it up. Uh, and in fact, some later on, some Jews come and say, well, who told you you could get up with your bed? Please understand, but literally in the Greek, Jesus was saying, remove your bed. But Bishop, why would he say that? He was saying, the reason you've been like this for 38 years is because the bed made it comfortable for you to stay in your excuses for 38 years. So I need you to remove your bed so you don't return here because your infirmity isn't your illness. It's what you thought about it. So I need you to not be comfortable coming back to your place of excuses. That's why some of you, God's got you in some situations right now where if he don't move, if he doesn't step in, if you don't have your Kairos moment, you don't know how it's going to happen. God said, because I put too much in you to allow you to keep going back, laying next to the pool. I Watch this. But then he said, walk. Somebody say walk. walk. Shout it. Walk. It is the Greek word, peripateo. Here's what it means. You ready for this? All this from this one word. It means to make progress. In other words, God says, I'm not asking you to be perfect. I'm just asking you to make some progress. Be better today than you were yesterday. Yeah, yeah. God said, I ain't asking you to get it all together. I'm just asking you to at least cross one of them T's, put a dot on one of them I's. Doesn't able to handle some business. He said, he said, watch this, to make progress, watch this, and to make, listen to this, this word walk. It means make due use of the opportunities afforded to you. He said, walk, make progress, and make a due use of opportunities afforded to you. In other words, Jesus said, boy, you've been sitting next to this pool for 38 years, and you ain't never yet, not once, taken advantage of it. Okay, let me bring it to harvest. You've been sitting up on this teaching for years. And you got to be begged to get a CD. No wonder you've been by the pool year after year after year. This works if you're working. What's this? What's this? He said, make due use of the opportunities. What was the opportunity? The opportunity was that Jesus showed up and asked him a pregunta. Say question. It says, do you, do you really want to be out of this? Do, do you really want to not have to live paycheck to paycheck? Do, do you want to really be healed? Do, do you want that? So now I understand the third definition of the word walk in the Greek. Watch it. It means comprehensively walk around. He, he didn't get it. Jesus said, Rise, come out of your obscurity, your inactivity, come out of your ruins, wake up. But then get rid of your bed so that you don't get comfortable in your excuse. Watch this. Don't walk through the sick people. Walk around them. Why is that so significant? Because if I walk through the sick people, one of them might grab me and try to bring me back down to where I used to be and what I used to do and how I used to act. So Jesus said, don't walk through them suckers. Now a partner, walk around them. Touch your neighbor and say, I'm walking around them. I'm walking around No, there's some folk you need to delete out of your phone when you walk out of this church today. Stop walking through them. That's why you keep getting pulled back into that mess. Walk around. Somebody shout, walk, walk around. Bishop, I'm lonely. Epic is that way. You ain't lonely, you're bored. Go eat. I already ate. Go get you a smoothie with fruits and vegetables. Yes, <laughs> well, if green machine don't work for you because they got one of them ingredients that don't work with you, then get you up. There you go. <laughs> now, that's the business right there. Won't you do it? Somebody say walk around. You, you want to know why that man stayed that way? I'm sure at one point something said to him, get up out of this. But he looked around. And said, well, we're all like this. If you look at your bloodline, truth be told, you, you're the only one trying to rise. 
everybody else happy and content with nothing. And you sitting here saying, I'm not going out like this. I'm not dying like this. I may have made some mistakes, but I'm not a mistake. I may have made some ruin. I may have ruined some things, but I'm not going to stay in my ruins. I'm, I, I, I. Jesus said, don't walk through them, boy. He said, walk around them. Don't even let them grab on you to try to pull you back into that. Because you know what one of them going to say? Man, we family. That ain't what we do. Man, we've been boys since the 10th grade. Exactly, boys. Let's go on and get two men, okay? Because see, uh, watch this here now. Being a male is by birth. Being a man is by choice. Being, being, a, being a, a female is by birth. But being a lady, being a woman, that's a choice. When I was a child, I thought like one. I act like one. But Paul said, I didn't pray away being a little boy. I put it away. And when I put it away, I became a man and started doing what men do. What do men do? They handle business. I, I, I says, I, I says, Jesus said, rise up. <laughs> he says, come out of your inactivity, come out of your ruins. And look at this, I'm through because I'm over time. I'll finish the rest of it uh, in 11:15. But verse 14, I just want to show you something. In verse 14, what really happened? Has anybody decided today? That's my only assignment today is to get you to decide. That, that's my only assignment today is to get you to decide. But look at verse 14. Now, remember, he was in a place of grace and disgrace. And remember, one of the definitions of disgrace was dishonor. Watch verse 14. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple. In between here, these few verses, some of the Jews see him and they say, it's the Sabbath. Why do you have that bed? In other words, they got mad at him for no longer using his excuse. You got some folk that you, you need to understand whether or not you're walking with armor bearers or Paul bearers. They both dress the same, but they do two different things. Paul bears are trying to take a corpse somewhere. So truth be told, they like you having your excuse. In fact, they'll help justify it with you. You'll get on the phone and say, you know what? This ain't going on this. Well, child, I don't know. I wouldn't tell. I didn't know. Please don't say, anybody who agrees with your dishonor and dysfunction is somebody you need to go on and kick to the curb. If you get on the phone with somebody complaining about your life and they're like, child, I know. You better say, you know what? Back connection. Back connection. I can't talk to you no more because you're agreeing with my bed. You're agreeing with my excuse, which means you are part of the problem, not the solution, which means you got to G.O. So they got mad at him. They got mad at him. They got mad at him. Anybody who agrees with you for why you are justified in being late to work, Y'all didn't like that, huh? Anybody who agrees with you for, for why you don't honor your commitments? Well, I understand things happen. No, just be honest. It wasn't important. Now, just own that and come up out of it. <laughs> it it's, it's quiet in here. I mean, y'all go get my robes and let's have communion or something. It's quiet. Verse 14. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple. Now, this man, notice what he does. After he gets healed, you know where he goes? Goes to church. He didn't say, well, now I got to go find a way. I'm healed now. I don't really need the Lord right now. <laughs> you know how some folk do? When they don't have nothing, they're the most praying person you know. As soon as they get something, I don't think I'm going to be able to make it to church. I've got to go participate in the this and the that and the other. Look what Jesus said to him. See you well now, boy. He said, but watch this. You're going to learn today. Don't do what got you here no more. Harmatio in the Greek. Sin no more. So now we understand why he was there. Now we understand how he got next to the pool. His disrespect and dishonor. Harmatio, missed the mark. This is another one of those words that was created later on in the Greek. 
in archery, when you would miss the bullseye, they would shout out, harmatio, which would be our word, sin. Jesus said, listen, don't do that again. Lest this time, you're going to need more than a stern of the water for this. Now, here's the point. Why would Jesus say that to him? Because isn't that kind of Jesus? You know, let's be honest. Because you ever had some good happen to you, and then people be like, nah, all right, now make sure. And then you're like, oh, you're, trying to, you're just trying to take my parade. And one thing happens, and you're just trying to. Uh, you know, parents, you had that happen with your kids? Some good happened. You'd be like, well, wait, no, wait a minute. <laughs> just never, everything, nothing's good enough for you. Ain't nobody said that. Jesus said, because if you look at it, Jesus was like, you just got healed. Now do that again. He's like this. I could imagine Jesus in the temple like, do it again. No, like this. I mean, just this. Just, just. I stirred today. I ain't stirring tomorrow. Do it again. You know why Jesus did that? He needed to remind the man that he never needed to go back. And that's what I came to do to somebody today. You're rising up out of your mess. You're rising up out of your circumstances. You're rising up out of your... And Jesus wanted to tell you, now don't you go back to acting the way you used to act that got you in this mess in the first... Don't you go looking for the same kind of relationship that got you jacked up, tied up, tangled up in the first place. Don't you go back. That's the worst thing. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. To those who visit Mickey D's for their favorite breakfast item and then go somewhere else for coffee, give this Mickey D's brew a second chance. The glow up was real. Try any size iced coffee brewed with 100% Arabica beans for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with a savory sausage McMuffin with egg for $2.79. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. -ba -ba.